Helix mattresses have been recommended by multiple leading chiropractors and doctors of sleep medicine as a go-to solution for improving your sleep. Everybody is unique, and everyone sleeps differently. That's why Helix has several different mattress models to choose from, each designed for specific sleep positions and feel preferences. So how will you know which Helix mattress works best for you and your body? You can take the Helix Sleep Quiz and find your perfect mattress in under two minutes. And your personalized mattress is shipped straight to your door free of charge. Helix knows there's no better way to test out a new mattress than by sleeping on it in your own home. That's why they offer a 100-night trial and a 10-15 to year warranty to try out your new Helix mattress. Helix is offering 20% off all mattress orders and two free pillows for our listeners. Go to helixsleep.com slash drink. That's helixsleep.com slash drink. This is their best offer yet, and it won't last long. With Helix, better sleep starts now. Hey, does anyone want to learn French with me? Because I've decided in 2024 that I want to learn French. And thankfully, I have Rosetta Stone. So you better hop on and so we can learn French together. Rosetta Stone has the amazing true accent feature, which is so helpful, especially in French. You get feedback on how well you're actually pronouncing words. Plus, they have 25 languages to choose from. So if you're not going to learn French with me, I'm sure you can find some other people who will learn a language with you. But I'm on the French team this year. Come on, folks, join me. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, and that's why we drink listeners, can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com slash drink. That's rosettastone.com slash drink. Hi. Hey. What's going on? I, for the last half hour, I've been watching you just shove chips in your mouth or something. Are you, <laughs> you doing good? No, not really. Leon is sick, and so I'm getting sick. And so I'm in that phase where I'm like praying the- I don't get sick, but I feel it happening oh. to me. But also, she, the poor baby got her first cold after her um, birthday party. <laughs> it was too good of a rager is what I'm I hearing. know. There were like 40 people there. It was amazing. I mean, well, it was very fun, but she'd never really met other kids before. And there were like other little kids and, you know, they all get sick from daycare and stuff. So they just touch each other. <laughs> just snotty, you know, little, little cute, snotty babies. Um, how, uh, how was it though? I, I know you were really stressed leading up to it. Did it, was it, it was are you so proud of how fun. it went? I okay, am. Good. It was really, really fun. And like the house is was all put together finally and there was a, a photo booth and everybody used a photo booth and there was a paint your own oh, succulents and there I was, love when people actually use the photo I know. booth. My mom was walking around like you need to go like she was demanding that people go use it. So that was great. And then we had like this beautiful like three tier cake with like little ants, you know, jungle animals on it. It was just so cute. And then um there was like a uh, a little time capsule for when she turns eighteen. Everybody wrote a little note oh. to her and then we did like I made little spray painted like little jars um, with like uh, Hershey kisses in them as little party favorites. It was just really fun and cute. And there was we ran out of beer. Uh, so we that had does to op- not surprise open, me. Open other booze. Uh, it's <laughs> the first time at a party that I haven't had enough alcohol. So um, Blaze made a oh, Blaze made a, a special drink for the event. The <gasps> uh, signature cocktail. Uh, well, what was it bourbon for 21 plus yes it was uh, bourbon aperol rosemary punch. Oh. it was delicious i didn't actually get any but i had taste tested it the week before nice um but we ran out of that it was just uh it was a great time it was really fun uh and leona did great and then when everybody was singing to her i got nervous because there were like 
40 people singing and staring at her babies for social anxiety yeah but she she started clapping and i was like all right she's fine she's she's not jaded yet that's so sweet no she's an extrovert i'm not i'm like if somebody were singing at me i'd be like why is everyone staring at me but she loved it um so it was great but it was really fun and we saw people we hadn't seen in ages and we met people's kids that we hadn't gotten the chance to meet yet but now Leon has a runny nose and um, she doesn't know what's happening. It's so sad because she keeps waking up and just being like, why can't I fall asleep? It's because she's getting older, girl. The second you hit one, your body just starts shutting <laughs> Everything down. Everything starts to fall apart. <laughs> but yeah, oh, so is there a, just, was there a know. winner in terms of the birthday presents? Anything that sticks out? Ooh, oh boy. She got a lot of fun stuff. Blaze's brother sent like a, a lion uh rocker that has her name engraved on the side and oh my gosh yeah just really sweet personal like a lot of lion themed you know a lot of animal themed stuff um somebody gave her a book that we still can't figure out who it's from and it's some sort of science book like i can't even understand it it's called like bayesian probability for ki- for babies or Bayes- bayesian it was not me i can't yeah, i know <laughs> i was like dad was this you because he's an engineer and he's like no i don't even know what that is so i don't know who gave that to her but um she's gonna be pretty damn smart if she you figures know, that book out maybe it was uh her future self who time traveled and left something she's going to discover that's how i'm Ooh. going to describe it just for the mystery, I'm going to, I hope that's the right answer. Yeah, like we never figure out who actually gave like it to her. Only she can crack the code to begin with. So you're not supposed to know. <laughs> uh, um, well, yeah, good. So I'm glad you had fun. It was a blast, but we missed you. Uh, you were missed. Evo was missed. Um, we, you know, I was supposed to shower today, but with the baby being sick and everything, I'm just be- falling behind on life and drinking a vitamin water. And I feel, I, I really feel for you because I, is this your first time you have to experience as a mom being sick and oh uh, yeah i was gonna say it's my first time since pre-covid that i've had a cold of any oh sort. shit i haven't been sick i mean knock on wood this is gonna been hurt sick girl at all like i haven't even had allergies basically i've been so careful obviously during covid that i just didn't even catch like the normal cold which honestly <sighs> is the way i'd like to live my life in the future because it's been real nice to be like two years in without you know any sort of sniffling i i, I hope your experience is better than mine because my first cold after being quarantined really kicked my ass just because mm. my body wasn't used to it anymore yeah i think my body's gonna be like why are you doing this to us again um are you oh i was also gonna say i feel for you because like I one of my biggest fears as a future parent is like getting a cold and like still having to take care of my children when like I'm usually out for the fucking count. So like <laughs> I well you got that man flu. <laughs> I I just uh, I have a, some sort of strain of that. Yeah, where I'm just like don't come near me. So like the idea of having to raise a child in the middle of that sounds just like Oh yeah, I mean I think that's just how it goes. If one one of you gets sick, I'm assuming everyone does. I mean, I feel oh, fine I... right now, but she's got a pretty gnarly runny nose. So have you I've... tested? Um, no, not yet. We do have some tests, so uh, probably today we will. And we're supposed to go to a wedding this weekend, Blaze and I. And so obviously that is now um, – hang- it now hangs in the balance. And I'm like, we got to oh. get them an extra nice wedding gift if we just bail like two days before. Are either of you in the party at all? No, thankfully. Okay. So, okay. But it's like it's in Connecticut, so we were all excited. We're going to drive to Connecticut, stay at Blaze's family's house. You yeah. Know, it would have been uh, – so, so I'm, I'm saying it like it, it's already – not happening but 
um maybe somehow we can avoid it we'll see we'll see but anyway that's why i drink why do you drink this weekend wow i nothing compared to you my friend uh hmm, why do i drink um you know this is i'll throw a silly one in the ringer this time around um so i know this is like not your cup of tea but hocus pocus came out with their sequel yep 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 um and so Allison and I watched it last night and it was fine. I think everyone kind of feels the same way about it. We're like, I'm very grateful that they gave us a very lovely holiday present. And I <laughs> like, then that's not meant to like be like as passive aggressive as that sounds. It, like, I really am happy. Like these women, like I looked at their ages when the first movie came out, Sarah Jessica Parker was 28 Whoa. and she was, and Bette Miller was like 43 or something. Wow. And now, and th- so they range from their late 20s to early 40s in the first one. And in this one, they range from their late 50s to early 70s. And they oh. did a whole movie, song and dance, all that. Yeah. So I am very truly grateful that they gave their nostalgic audience a present, like a holiday gift. And, mm. uh, and, and it was a very delightful movie. But a lot of us wanted, I think, more nostalgia to it. Um, they didn't like, like, a- lean into that. No, they did a good job of making nods, but like we all really, I think, and I say we as if I've spoken to the universe, but <laughs> I, I, fe- I feel like I could generally guess that people were hoping for like a cameo from one of the original kids and ah. it just didn't happen. And like Allison and I stayed up all night think like there were so many ways they could have been inserted into the narrative and it just didn't happen. And so we're just like, why? And so, but here's the thing. The reason why I drink is because even though the main characters did not come back in the movie, one character came back and really blew us away. And it was that creepy little book made of skin and eyeballs. And do you know what I'm talking about? Cause you've no. seen the movie. No, I saw it once like five years ago now and I don't remember anything. Okay. About so it. I'm going to send you a picture of his oh, great well, of the book. Oh, um, and I want to be clear folks. I'm not like anti hocus pocus. I just, I just genuinely missed the, you missed the, the, the high of it. Yeah. I missed it. And I, I tried to get on board, but I think I watched it too late in my life to really appreciate it to the fullest extent, if that makes sense. Uh, it um, does. I, I, yeah, I'm not trying to rag on you for not. No, no, it. I just it's, don't want uh, everyone to be like, what is the matter with you? I, I really like I'm not at all. Um, And but I feel like with this movie, especially people, the bar was probably so high because it was like, how do you satisfy all of the like OG fans? Like that was a really tough. It was tough. To and they definitely made it. Um, it was definitely sweet. It was definitely like a good movie for like this generation. I appreciate how diverse they tried to keep it. Like it was, they, right. they hit a lot of things on, on the head. It was just like, man, I really wanted, like, it could have been so easy considering this is like the 30th anniversary. All the kids are perfect ages to have teenagers. Like you could have at least made them the parents. Like, you know, yeah, it was like little I things totally like that. I totally see what you're saying. Do you think, um, they tried and they didn't want to be part of it. I doubt it, right? I also doubt it because um, I know they still go to like Halloween themed conventions oh, and that's stuff, weird and like then, that they wouldn't. Be. Um, the only thing is, one of them, the little girl, and I, I was like doing a full deep dive on this last night because I was like, <laughs> how did how did they not 
join this movie um the little girl who was eight in the movie who's now like 40 and like primed to have a teenager uh she was actually supposed to be in the movie somehow but i guess like there was like a scheduling conflict so that's her reason the other two have not given me a reason and for some reason i feel i'm owed it for no reason (laughs) at all for some reason i i feel i'm owed an excuse the fucking cat did not make a a cameo please send this picture i cannot find it Oh, I've been I've been ranting and raving, so I forgot to press end. Okay, oh, here's, I was like opening here's, every possible text chain with you. Here's the book that was from Hocus okay. Pocus one. Oh, I do remember this thing. Yeah. Okay. Oh my god, Hocus- have they like amped it up? This book, I swear, they were like, this is uh, this is the only main character we're bringing back besides the witches, so we got to fucking deliver. Which Here is the, which year did the first one come out? Ninety three. Okay. So this oh, was wow. almost thirty years ago. So this is book from the second movie look at his eye so powerful no! oh no oh here's no. here's the situation though his I'm eye so... looks like so st- detailed for people who are not you know googling this alongside us we'll put it on our socials but um here's the situation and like okay. i'm gonna call this episode um justice for book because this, <laughs> this character- episode <laughs> this entire oh, episode okay, okay. is a psa to the hocus pocus community it's the first time we've ever only had one <laughs> phrase as the title and it's justice for book from m schultz okay sure whatever you say i'm gonna show you, i'm gonna make i'm gonna send you clips of this later and you just tell me if i'm completely wrong in this but so the in the first movie the book was like not even really a character it was like a prop of the witches in the second one this book is like like almost like has its own emotions and things like that and the actor that's who i care about the actor this eyeball right here wasn't even listed in the credits as like an actor but whoever acted the eyeball of book fucking delivered like they said I'm this is going to launch my career and they clearly every their entire body was put in like a I'm guessing like Um, a green that's a real person's eye I think that's like graphically done I I, that's probably CGI in that case okay here's the thing (laughs) if it's not a real person which by the way if it is they deserve an academy award because that one eyeball made me feel things I've never felt I'm not even trying to be dramatic I Allison and I started crying only once in this movie and it was because the book was reacting to something and because he like looked to the left like this <laughs> what book the fuck is going on the acting that went into this one eyeball was fucking crazy I and if it feeling, was it doesn't if it, look like a real i mean it looks like real eye, but it looks like hyper realistic i feel like this is probably if it was an editor then that person also deserves whatever the oscar version of an editing award is gotcha. because it okay it was it was the best acting in the whole movie. I'm not kidding. Like with, I'm not trying to sound dramatic here. If anyone else has watched this movie and has also been moved by books, eyeball, please let me know. And that's why I drink. This week. Okay. Wow. Uh, wow. We've got a whole array of uh, feelings for everyone to relate to today. I, I cried. I was, I truly, I was like, who is doing this? I was like, I'm not even two eyeballs. Whoever it, it was just, it was it was beyond. So anyway, I, congratulations to book if I'm, you're out there. I'm, I'm very impressed. Um, I'm reading an article about it, uh, about how poignant this book is. So I'll send you're you, not I'll the s- only one. I'll send you clips later. Uh, I mean, I'm going to make you watch it whether or not you want to. But this book really, really did say, like, this is going to launch my acting career and I'm going to take it seriously. And I mean, that's maybe this book needs to just get his own IMDb page, you know? IMDb page? Oh, my gosh. 
Okay, anyway, that's why I drank. Okay, great. By now, you've probably heard about Burrow, a new kind of furniture company known for timeless designs, durable materials, and details that make life in your space easier. Last year, they brought their expertise outside with the launch of their outdoor line, which I love, and now they're adding more must-have pieces to the collection. For example, Dunes offers seating, dining, and lounger options, while Scout is a new folding chair upholstered in a chic woven fabric. And I think I'm going to get two of those for the balcony. Blaze and I love to sit out there in the evenings after Leona goes to bed. And I love the idea of having a good-looking but also extremely useful and comfy place to sit outside. Made of durable materials made for all seasons, weather-resistant teak, stainless alloy, and quick-dry stain-resistant cushions with easy assembly and disassembly this is the perfect thing for your outdoor space they also just launched a new standing desk co-pilot with adjustable height a durable scratch resistant body with built-in storage to make working at home easier than ever i'm in the market for a new desk um so this is definitely going to be my next bookmark and of course there's burrow's legacy seating collections like the nomad and range now available in new colors and m and i that's like the only piece of furniture i think we actually share is our burrow sofa in the podcast department love that thing and that's why we drink listeners can get 15% off their first order at burrow.com slash drink. That's burrow, B-U-R-R-O-W.com slash drink for 15% off. Burrow.com slash drink. Daylight saving time is starting up again. It may feel like there are more hours in the day, but if you're hiring, it doesn't necessarily help you find qualified candidates any sooner. There's only one way to do that. ZipRecruiter. Right now, you can try it for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash drink. ZipRecruiter works around the clock to find qualified candidates for you. Once you post your job on ZipRecruiter, they send it to 100-plus job sites so you reach more of the right people. ZipRecruiter's smart technology also quickly scans thousands of resumes to identify people whose skills and experience match your job. Spring forward with a new hiring partner, ZipRecruiter, and find top talent sooner. See why 4 out of 5 employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. Just go to this exclusive web address to try ZipRecruiter for free. ZipRecruiter.com slash drink. Once again, that's ZipRecruiter.com slash drink. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. Uh, well, Em, do you have a story for me today? <laughs> yes, that sounds natural. It's about book from Hocus Pocus. No. Uh, oh, can you imagine? <laughs> Actually, I don't know why I didn't do that. I do, um, because nobody would be listening to our show anymore. <laughs> okay, yes, I do have a story for you. This is um, a, a cryptid I've been asked about quite a lot. And this is uh, a Selkie. Have you heard of Selkies? Um, it's familiar. S-E-L-K-I-E. Mm-hmm. I've heard yeah. of it. I don't know what it is, though. I didn't know what it was either. And now I feel kind of silly because I feel like it was right in the name the whole time. But maybe not. I don't know. I think it, it... Alka-Seltzer? Okay. You made me feel better, actually. <laughs> I have no idea what you're talking about, so don't worry. <laughs> so Selkies, or sometimes they're also called Silkies, they're apparently seal folk seal people oh 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 like a like a bark like bark a, flap mm-hmm. flap okay gotcha nailed it nailed it um so they're a race of seal people who can shed their skin and turn into humans whoa shape shifting seals okay i did not know anything about this oh okay good so the the main lore start counting blaze as i say <laughs> the word lore um <laughs> Uh. The it's from Iceland and the Faroe Islands, but it's also um, often in Ireland through northern Scotland all the way down to southern England. It's all over. Um, and there's one woman named uh, or actually, I don't know if it's a woman. It's a gender neutral name. So I don't know why I assume that. Ooh, I'll unpack that later, folks. There's someone named Morgan. 
um, who says that, who is an author who said that Selkie comes from the Scottish word selch or selk, which comes from the old English seok, which means seal. So that's where we get the name. And then there's a, another person named Duncan, who is a storyteller and a traveler. And I make sure to note those because that in the area, there actually is a specific marginalized group of like nomadic people in England who are known for their storytelling. So in um, England, you said, and yeah, yeah. Okay. And so, um, just a shout out for their storytelling tradition. But Duncan says that they were called silkies for their soft fur. Makes sense because they do look very silky. Uh Um, His own grandmother actually had a piece of seal skin that she used in her life to predict the weather because it was said that if the seal fur would stand up on its end, it was warning you of a bad storm coming in. But if the fur laid soft, then it meant that there was calm weather coming. Interesting. Would love uh, a piece of fortune telling weather uh, some sort of device. Maybe I, I don't I, need it to be skin. I, I was gonna say, uh, let's just specify right now we don't need it to be skin. So you know, I'm if you cool have access it. to that, folks, make sure please that it didn't come from a living you know, creature. You know, my favorite uh, fortune telling slab of anything ever was. You know those little see through red fish. Oh, on your, I love on the palm, those. The palm of your hand. Love those. Oh, it changed me. I remember one time it curled up and I meant like someone was in love with me and I was like, oh, I'm That's seven. What it meant. But oh, no. And I was like, I I'm believe s- you. Wow. And you're right. It's <laughs> like, I, I got it. My task today is to find this person who's in love <laughs> with me. Um, so as for where people can find Selkies, you can probably assume since they are ocean bound, uh, on a lot of shorelines, people report seeing fishermen on small boats. And this is kind of what... I imagine this is where the origin of Selkies came from, Mm -hmm. where people would see fishermen on small boats, but the boats were impressively fast because they were made with seal skin stretched over them. And so they could go through the water faster. I see. No, (laughs) I'm sorry. That was a very M joke. No offense. (laughs) This is why I laughed, my friends. (laughs) Uh, and also the fishermen were usually like experts. They knew what they were doing better than anybody else. And so a combination of these really wonderful and efficient fishermen who were, uh, going on these boats that were much faster than any other boat. It just seemed like otherworldly. I see. Okay. And it just looked like big ass seals swimming through the water. So it's very, I imagine easy to have combined the story of these fishermen that used seal skin on their boats, mm-hmm. combined it with selkies, and then that's kind of where the story comes from. Right. Um, there's also, I guess, selkies have fallen into the Christian world in some ways, where, or at least Christian beliefs have been put on where selkies come from, because there are versions that selkies are actually angels who have fallen into the ocean or that their souls have reincarnated into seals. And... I don't hate the idea of souls reincarnating and reincarnating into seals because the idea is that, oh, now you're part of both worlds. You can sound very Christian. Doesn't sound very Christian, but you know, I I, maybe is a little more enticing to me than about, oh, I guess I could just be part (laughs) of both worlds like Hannah Montana, but as a seal and, (laughs) you know, get a little bit of everything. You get it. And the biggest lore of the Selkies is that, Basically, they look like seals, but they are shape-shifting fairies who can travel between worlds. Oh. Now, that I'm into, too. Um, people who encounter a selkie have said that the sound of the ocean is heard in their voice. You can oh. hear 
hear the tides, which I imagine is just so calming. That's beautiful. Like I, you know, I always make my A-L-E-X-A uh, play like ocean sounds when I'm going to bed. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm like, I wish I just had a, a Selkie to talk to. They just, you should really get a Selkie to voice an episode of Sleepy and they read you a story and you oh. just kind of hear the tides in the back, you know? What's an episode of Sleepy? <gasps> okay, n- not an ad, but <laughs> Sleepy's a, it's a podcast where they read, they read Sleepy oh. stories to you to help you fall asleep. Oh, there's so many of those. I don't know that one, but um, oh, um, the Calm um, app, who is one of our sponsors, also does that yeah, for, yeah, yeah. for folks who are uh, looking <laughs> to support the, <laughs> the show uh, here. Allison, uh, there's there's one guy who voices a sleepy episode that she's like obsessed with his voice for some. And I I always mess up his name. I think it's like Otis Spunkmeyer, which is like a cookie or something. Wait a second, <laughs> <laughs> Otis something. But I'm she's obsessed like, with him too. By the way, <laughs> he's actually a talking cookie. Um, <laughs> but uh, no, every t- there's like he tells one story, and uh, anyway, uh, there there you have it. There you have it. We should have uh, a selkie on either. That on that one episode with Otis Spunkmeyer or on Calm. <laughs> um, but so people can hear the ocean in their voice. Also, people have described uh, Selkies as having oddly expressive eyes when they're in seal form, almost as Ooh. if they're seals, but they're observing as if they're human. I see. So well, when they shift. <laughs> sorry, I'm going to stop. I'm sorry. I'm going to keep laughing every time you say it, to be clear. (laughs) When they shift into their human form, they still keep their expressive eyes, but um, they're usually very big, very dark. And weirdly, when they turn into their human form, they also have unusually well-kept hair, where, like, even the the middle part is, like, perfectly clean. And I wonder if that's because seals are so slick, you know? Like, I wonder if there's something about that. That's interesting. Selkie women are reported this is kind of so fucked up. Uh Selkie women are reported to be plain looking. That's okay. like their claim to fame. They've just got like a perfect part in their hair, but they're really otherwise very boring. <laughs> That's really like nice. The middle part is their entire personality. I guess so. But interesting, they may be plain looking in front of you, but once they leave, you remember them as very, very beautiful. That's so weird. What a fun skill. I would love that. (laughs) I do too, man. Selkie men, on the other hand, they are known, this is some sort of patriarchy, Selkie men are known to be oddly handsome and can seduce women, especially those in lonely marriages. Oh, but then when they leave, you're like, that guy was pretty ugly. It's like the opposite. You're like, it just doesn't work. I hope that's the case because that would be a a perfect balance. Um, So there's one... Uh, theory that when selkies want to come out on shore and hang out on the beach they can uh, take their seal skin off and they'll like dance and feel free on the beach at night when nobody else is around Mm. so it's usually under a full moon that they're all dancing together by the water lovely the other part of that theory though or I guess a, a different version of that theory is that sometimes how do I say it there are versions of that story where people say, oh, well, they actually can't come out whenever they want. They can only come out on certain days of the year. So mm. that's why they're dancing, because it's like a celebratory thing that they can be on shore. Okay. Um, and then they have to wait a certain amount of time before they can come out again. And Selkies, for the most part, 
Uh, but just before I get into like the stories, they're usually considered very, very lovely and very kind. And they're actually usually the victim of stories. They're never oh. like attacking people. It's more like people are, you know, being harmful to them. Okay. Especially selkie women. So... In a lot of stories, selkie women are said to be coerced or taken by human men against their will to become their lovers. Oh, no. Oh, yep. no. It had to oh, go no. there. Had to go there. Uh, one story that's uh, pretty common is that there was a fisherman one night who was looking down at the shore and he saw shadows moving around. So he went to go look. And that's where he found a group of selkie women dancing together. Um, and he tried to approach them, but they heard him coming and I guess they just thought like, ah, man, and just ran for it. Mm -hmm. And they took off. They all grabbed their seal skins, put them back on and jumped into the water as they shifted back into seals. But one of them couldn't find her seal skin no! and, and was just running around the beach looking for her seal skin so she could get back in the water. And the fisherman saw that he was standing on it. So he picked <gasps> it up and he just started walking home with it. And the selkie woman started crying and asking for it back, saying, like, I can't go back in the water without my seal skin. I can't turn back into a seal without it. And he just ignored her and kept walking. <gasps> and so she had to follow him all the way home so that she could get her seal skin. But when he they got to his house, he hid the skin. What a and jackass. Since she couldn't get in the sea without it, she was forced to stay with him <gasps> until further notice. Fast forward years later... She has, she's now living with him and just to keep it really surface level, she somehow has now bore many of his children. Mm. Um, and the story tries to make it sound like, I'm sure, especially in the past, like when our grandparents told the story, it was probably like, oh, and you know, they lived happily ever after because <laughs> yeah. a, a human man and a Selkie found their way to love. Um, and they're a wonderful little happy family. But like, let's not forget that he straight up kept kidnapped her kidnapped her um or held her against her will and also the story says that she would like walk out to the sea each day and like call out to her selkie That's family horrible so the story ends where the kids end up finding her seal skin <gasps> in the house and they're like mom what's this and she has to like sadly bid farewell and say goodbye to them and she like grabs it from them puts it on and dives into the sea and never comes back oh, great so just all around tragedy all around tragedy. Um, there are like different versions of the story where like she visits the kids on the beach every now and then, or she teaches them the ways of the Selkies. Um, it's so meanwhile, there are stories of human women with male Selkies also. Um, there's one story of a woman named Ursula who was from a noble family and she had all these plans from her family to like marry into royalty. She had I this assume. like niece who had red hair and had a, <laughs> had a big fish tail. Her brother was the king of the so sea. Weird how that happened. <laughs> uh, so, or, yeah, that she becomes an octopus is how this works. Mm -hmm. Well, I guess that's not too far if she's already becoming a seal or something. I'm saying. So, so, uh, Ursula is from a noble family. Her family had big plans for her to marry rich, but she goes against her dad's wishes and marries a farmer. Um, but unfortunately that marriage was now failing. And so she's depressed and she doesn't know what to do. So she likes to walk out to the ocean and just look at the sea and cry about her life. Mm -hmm. And apparently she cried exactly seven tears into the water and I guess unlocked a portal or something because wow. then, 
a selkie in seal form appears and says, What's your will with me, fair lady? And after venting about her personal life, the selkie says, Okay, I'm going to come back later um, when I can turn into human form. And when he comes back, Ursula either falls for him or begins an affair with him or something, and they have their own kids. Ursula changes her name to protect her family. So now, conveniently, there's no evidence of the story being a true story. Sure. Um, not that I totally need it, <laughs> but, you know. Uh, and so, any, anyway, they end up having their own kids. And this begs the question, so what happens if you're half human and half selkie? Yeah. If, so, uh, apparently that means... You're half selkie, which then means you are half fairy. Oh. So, isn't that fun? That's so some, cool. Some stories say that uh, you will you're able to follow your mom into the ocean after uh, maybe at a certain age. Makes me think of the the thirteenth year, the decom, where he's a mermaid and on his thirteenth year he becomes a mermaid. What Do you are you talking this? about? The Disney Channel original movie, the thirteenth year, where he becomes a mermaid at thirteen years old. Oh. I forget. <laughs> I'm throwing a lot of old Disney references yeah, at you, it's and it's lot. not landing. I, Interesting. Listen, I did fucking Little Mermaid, okay? So just let me have it. Okay. Uh, well, I got no references for that yet. We already did the Ursula thing. So. No, I'm saying I already referenced it, so hey, that's yeah, yeah, enough yeah. Disney today. Thank you. You're fair. It's fair. So uh, some people say that they follow their moms into the ocean. Uh, some people say that they're born looking like they're half selkie, so they'll have certain selkie features. Um, in Ursula's story, where the seal turned into a human and then they had their own children, her kids apparently were born with webbed hands and feet. Um, oh. So, like, almost as if they were, like, seal paws or something right. like that. And to hide their selkie genes, I assume this means to hide that Ursula was having an affair on her husband with the mm. selkie um ursula's midwife really used garden shears to cut the webbings uh, <gasps> to oh. unweb their hands and feet oh no oh no 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 and they lived happily ever after <laughs> the end <laughs> <laughs> so these selkies will uh sometimes they'll say the selkies will live with their children or partners they'll bring or they might be able to bring them into the ocean um that's rarely the case where they can bring their loved ones to the sea with them. Okay. There, there are versions of the lore that say that um, because humans can't join them since they can't shapeshift into seals with them, right. that if you're able to be a Selkie, you have to eventually choose your family or the sea. Um, oh, that's dark. Yeah. And then there are those stories where it's like, oh, well, we'll come back to visit. But it's mainly like, oh, if you want to go live at the sea, your loved one can't come with you. I see. See. Uh -huh. <laughs> I'm so sorry. And one story says that there was actually uh, a boy who loved the seals and grew up with them and would even like swim in the ocean with them and just loved the, the seals so much that he was actually able to become a selkie, even though he wasn't part selkie at all, oh. because he traded his human toe for a seal skin. His human toe? Yes. He, he was cut able his toe off? I guess so. I don't Ooh. know how it was removed from him, but I imagine painfully Those same fucking garden shears or whatever yeah and so uh anyway he trades his toe for a seal skin and he's able to become a selkie and then live in the ocean as he's always wanted but he still uh comes back to visit his sister who obviously lives on <laughs> That's shore. so sad okay i mean hope it was worth it i guess i yeah i guess so so uh 
With so much talk of Selkies, many in these in the area are extra careful to be kind to the seals whenever they... Well, that's a good outcome of this story that I wasn't expecting. At least there's something. Super solid PSA of like, be nice to... Just in case. Just in case. Uh, When seals in the area gather on shore, people will say, oh, they're warning us of bad weather. Those are the Selkies warning us of bad weather. Oh, interesting. But but also to be fair, seals actually do gather on shore before and after storms. So I was about to ask about that. I was like, I bet. But that's kind of cool, though, that that became part of the lore a little bit. Here's number two, three, Blaze, part of the lore. Um, (laughs) that, That like, oh, they actually were able to track like animal patterns and habits and like use that as part of the story that's kind of yeah cool. using science for their fiction oh Ooh. interesting no it is very lovely that they have this message of like be nice to the seals and then yeah. they're nice to us and they warn us of weather and all this stuff yeah. um and also to remind locals to be kind to the seals there are cautionary tales warning against messing with these seals so that you don't mess up you don't piss off the seal folk right so um there's one story that uh, has been named The Silky's Revenge. Uh-oh. And here's the story. Okay. This is the cautionary tale of why you should be nice to seals. Okay. So a minister lived with his wife and his daughter. The daughter's name was uh, Morag. Mm-hmm. Uh, M-O-R-A-G. And mm-hmm. the minister loved fishing, but he hated the local seals because they would chew holes in his fishing nets. <laughs> and To get the fish, probably. Yeah, and so one day when he was fishing, he pulled up his net and found a baby seal inside. Oh, no. Oh, no. And he basically screamed at the baby seal and said, one day you're going to grow up and eat my fish and was pissed about it. And so he ended up uh, unaliving the baby seal. (gasps) Important to the story, so I'll say it, but uh, hit him in the head with a rock. Okay, so... So when he got home, he told his wife about this, and apparently the wife's name was Christine Schieffer, and cussed him out and said, how fucking dare how you? How dare you? Divorce, divorce, yeah. divorce. <laughs> tomato, tomato, tomato. Okay, so uh, they he basically was uh, not doing hot after that. He His relationship tanked, and then weirdly, almost as if karmically, his wife got mysteriously sick and died. <gasps> and the minister put out an ad for... Uh, a housekeeper or a babysitter to help him watch his kid and one night a woman named selena comes to the house for the job just knocks on the door a la fran find the nanny just Uh shows up at the front stoop and is all of a sudden given a job um and selena uh is now taking care of morag and became very close very quickly with her and they would spend their days at the beach together they would talk to each other they got very very close very very quickly almost unnervingly close and the whole time uh i guess the minister the father is starting to notice how attached his daughter is becoming to selena and so he's like okay maybe i need to like see their dynamic on my own so i'm going to take them out fishing with me next time i leave Mm -hmm. so he took them fishing and realized that the two of them like were not interested in talking to him they were sitting off in the corner they were whispering to each other they were like being very affectionate and like he was i guess jealous of it so he screams at them and says you're trying to steal my daughter from me like this is you know you're you're getting weirdly close this is my kid not yours and so he says you're trying to take my daughter and selena says you did the same thing to me because you took my baby and hit his head against a stone oh no 
And then Selena grabs the daughter, jumps into the sea, and the two of them were never seen again. <gasps> Did she kill the daughter? I don't know if that means death or that maybe she turned into a seal. I don't oh, know. She like took her maybe as her own child now or uh-huh. something. Yeah. Let's but at so, least hope at least hope for that outcome. Yeah. So an eye for Ooh. an eye with a selkie. Yikes. Um, Another story is that there was a fish shortage in the area. So a bunch of fishermen uh, went out one day and they found eight seals in the area that they thought, oh, all the seals are eating the fish. Mm. So they killed all these seals, all eight of them. Excellent. Or they killed seven of them, but one of them got away with a spear in its side. (sighs) Later that day, that same day, uh, there was a really intense storm and they got caught out in the ocean in this storm and the fishermen all row to an island for safety where they find this old man in a cabin who lets them stay inside while the storm goes down and inside the he saw that the man's son was moaning in pain on the ground because a spear was in his side <gasps> and the man said his eight sons had all gone out earlier and they were all killed but this <gasps> one and he says the only way that his son would survive is if the spear uh, was pulled out of him by the person who stabbed him. Oh, no. So I guess good timing um, and being in the right place. But also you're the one that caused this. And also now you have to look this man in the eye and say, ah, it was me who stabbed your son. Oops. Whoops. But it was a, a message to like, oh, don't fuck with Selkies. Like you might still awkwardly run into them afterwards and have to own up to what you're doing and killing them. Uh, so the fisherman pulls the spear out of the Selkie and somehow the father like just lets this man leave, even though all seven of his other sons are dead because of him. And the fisherman swears that he will never hurt seals again because of the the experience he had. Um, Wow. I feel like that's the least realistic of all of them, just based on emotions. Cause I feel like if all my children were dead because of the person standing in my house, right. That guy would not, would not live to tell the tale. Fair point. Um, But anyway, the legend goes on that that fisherman and his group swore that they would never harm another seal. And from that point on uh, the area that they lived in always had lots of seals and thus, by the way, lots of fish. Yeah, a lot I was of... going to say that can't be like bad for, right? No, you're totally right. Because uh, I guess this is still an extremely sensitive subject uh, in certain fishing circles oh. um, who think that seals are eating all the fish. But um, just a PSA that seals are apex predators and food webs depend on them for balance. Right. So uh, if you wipe out seals, you're wiping out massive parts of the ecosystem. <laughs> and so yeah. uh, seals are actually good uh, for fish or I guess it, it, just, it all works out in the they're butterfly bad for fish, but they're probably good for fisher people. <laughs> yeah. So just don't get rid of seals and think that'll cure your fish problem. Um, and then there was another story uh, that a man killed seals to sell them to people. Mm, right. And then he comes across an enormous talking seal that threatened to drown him if he didn't stop. That and was a dream he had, though. That sounds feels like a, a bad dream he had. That feels a little more like, uh, like uh, somehow more unrealistic. His subconscious like... came like <laughs> roaring into his nighttime <laughs> routine. Like, uh, it's yeah, me, all the this... seals you've killed. So this godlike figure seal was maybe his subconscious it was like just stop doing it so mm-hmm. he didn't okay um but anyway those are just some of the sample stories for the most part the bottom line is that selkies are 
generally gentle folk, and uh, they've been said to save people from drowning. They Aww. predict good weather or bad weather for you. Um, they seem to just not want to be harmed, and that's that's about it on that. So I guess this is not just an episode about justice for Book and whoever acted in his oh role. Boy. We're back to that again. But it's also a PSA to be nice to all wildlife, especially seals. So that's Aww. the story of the Selkies. I can get behind that uh, that PSA. Yay! Okay, well, there you have it. Good job, Em. Thank you. I was trying to... You, oh, oh, here it is. Here it is. I was try, My brain was trying to find one. Here we go. Do you give it the seal of approval? <laughs> find one. Wait. Oh, your brain was trying to find one. You weren't, like, Googling it. No, no, no. My brain, oh, yes. I, I did was, manual Google. That I just thought really hard. <laughs> that was very good. I thought you Googled seal puns and I was like, oh, come on. Nope. Uh, that one you came, came up with that, that was pretty damn good. Came from the old, old noggin. Old noggin. Yep. I'm, uh, I'm barking my seal of approval. You did a <gasps> great job. Thank you. You know when you've got the holidays, the new year, and then all of a sudden it's sort of back to the grind? Especially if you run a small business, it can be really hard to get back into the swing of things. But Stamps.com is here to make that a little bit easier for you. Stamps.com streamlines all your mailing and shipping to turbocharge your operational efficiencies. For 25 years now, Stamps.com has been indispensable for over 1 million businesses. Whether they're mailing out checks, invoices, legal documents, books, podcast branded koozies, maybe that's just us, or anything else. Get access to the USPS and UPS mailing services you need to run your business right from your computer anytime, day or night. No lines, no traffic, no waiting. And with rates you can't find anywhere else, like up to, get this, 89% off USPS and UPS, how could you go wrong? We have loved Stamps.com for years, not quite 25, but since we started the podcast, which was 2017, and we could not get by without it. I remember there were days where we didn't have Stamps.com, those I call the dark ages, and I was hand shipping everything and driving it on my lunch break to the post office. It was all very hectic. Stamps.com, I do it straight from my house, and it makes my life a trillion times easier. Keep your mailing and shipping moving at the speed of your business with Stamps.com. Sign up with promo code DRINK for a special offer that includes a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale no long-term commitments or contracts just go to stamps.com click the microphone at the top of the page and enter code drink this episode is brought to you by progressive where drivers who save by switching save nearly 750 dollars on average plus auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts quote now at progressive.com to see if you could save Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. Okay, so I have for you today uh, an abduction case. <laughs> so speaking of abductions... <laughs> Does it happen to be... A seal being abducted I by a fisherman. Wish, but no. Unfortunately, it is uh, a child. So, oh shit! Wow. Here we go. 
sometimes oh. I think, wow, we really named the show so perfectly. Because like I yeah. in my head, I just went, oh, and that's why we drank. And then I went, oh, my God, that's oh, the wait name a of the second. show. That sounds so familiar. <laughs> I was like, I know that from somewhere. Yeah, it is easy to describe to people when I tell them the name. And then I just say, it's all the reasons we drink. I don't know what else to tell you. People <laughs> usually get it pretty quickly. They're like, aha, I see. Very on the nose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, well, by all means, please bum me out for the rest of the day. Okay, starting now. where the tires screech and we do like a quick 180 where I'm just, we're talking about like fun seal folklore. And now I'm like, anyway, there was this child, uh, 13-year-old William Ownby who went by Ben, uh, who lived with his parents, Don and Doris Ownby in Beaufort, Missouri. Now, I'm not sure if it's Beaufort or Beaufort. So Beaufort just... sounds right. Beaufort sounds right. So let's Buford go Beaufort is that. usually B-U-F-O-R-D. Cool. This is Beaufort then. B-E-A-U. <laughs> okay, sorry. You just never know with these towns and these Midwest. They always, like there's a town in Kentucky called Versailles, but it's spelled like Versailles. You know what I mean? They they have um, videos, uh, some, I don't know what like network it is, but they there's like a YouTube channel where it will just give you cities uh like names of cities and you have to guess how it's pronounced and it's oh. always not what you're expecting oh sure yeah <laughs> so. unless you probably live there and then you're like i know this one finally right 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 yeah so either beaufort or beaufort uh ben was a responsible again he's 13 years old he's a responsible like prudent child straight a student a big reader and a classic child of the early internet so every day after school he would return home right away sign into his desktop computer by 4 p.m and then Precious. spend the day i am going to go uh make this a little uh, revisionist history and say he was playing neopets i don't know what he was doing <laughs> club penguin it was club penguin uh, okay i'm going with neopet i was a neopets kid yeah, yeah, yeah so i'm going with neopets you go with club penguin you know what folks we can all just Yes, whatever whatever your heart desires. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he wanted to go into computer science in college and become a computer programmer. So he really loved Aww. being on the computer. And he was also a kid who had a pretty uh, standard daily schedule. He didn't really do things unexpectedly. Every day, his school bus would drop him off at the same stop at about 3.30 p.m. And he would walk a short distance home and would usually get home by 3.45 or 4 at the latest. And his dad, Don, was always home waiting for him. And this is where I also get a little bit like skeeved out. Is that even the right way to say it? Skeeved yeah. out? Skeeved. Because, because um, I, it's maybe not even the right phrasing, but like I used to walk home from the bus and it wasn't very far, but mm. it was like the same time every day. And my parents were home. They were just up the street, but it's like just that one little. Well, we had, um. Uh, I don't know the, I was too young to be following the details. I was like seven years old, but when we first moved to Fredericksburg, my, there was the story, there was a huge abduction case of like two girls our age who were just walking home from school. Oh, forget it. And it took over the city. I, like my mom still talks about it and she's like, oh, well, I was always worried about you walking home because of those two girls. Did they solve it? I don't think they did. Oh, no. no. But that's terrible. I mean, I and we'd walk just a few minutes, like literally down the street, but it's still like, it's just one of those things where like, and even if any any sudden trauma, it's like, oh, it like who'd have thunk five minutes ago that yeah, this was going to happen to me? Yeah, and that could happen with anything. So I'm not trying to say like, you know, I mean, 
No, it's it's just like a universal like I can't believe like like who would have thought like it was going to be me brief, in five seconds. A brief thing that we do every single day. Yeah. So anyway, it just makes me makes me think. But uh, January eighth, two thousand seven, Ben did not come home by four o'clock as usual, and his dad Don was home waiting for him. And by four ten, this is how like routine this kid was. By four ten, he knew something was wrong because. Mm he the latest that ben would ever get home was four so by four ten, he's like something's not right so don contacted his wife doris and they called family neighbors and ben's friends trying to figure out who know, knew where he was um they couldn't really picture him leaving school with his friends and not telling them um it just was unlike him he didn't have any problems at home or school. He had never run away before. Uh, it was just completely out of character for him to deviate from his daily habits and not tell his parents. Mm -hmm. So when they confirmed that no one in Ben's life knew where he was, they called the police. And the police jumped on this pretty quickly and issued an endangered persons alert, which is a level below the Amber Alert. Uh, because at this point, they weren't 100% sure you know, what had happened, if he had been abducted or not. So they figured he might just be around with friends, but they did issue like an endangered person's alert for him. Okay. So the police then brought search dogs to the neighborhood and Ben's parents organized a small search party to scour the area for Ben. But once police got to questioning neighbors, things started to look bad. Uh, you know, they're hoping that he would just turn up somewhere. But unfortunately, yeah. when they talked to his friend Mitchell, who was a 15-year-old boy, um, they asked Mitchell, who rode the bus with him, by the way, uh, you know, have you seen Ben? And at first, Mitchell lied and said oh, he got shit. off the bus and went to a friend's house. But pretty quickly, poor Mitchell realizes, like, oh, this is not the time to be lying to save my own, you know, right. butt here. So he says, okay, okay, uh, I actually parked my car at a hill near the bus stop and I drive home after getting dropped off. And the reason he lied is because he was 15 and he wasn't old enough to drive yet. <gasps> but so oh, he, God. he would put his car there and hide it and like get off the bus and drive home, which is like such a Christine move. And I feel like a move <laughs> of like, I don't want to walk like 10 minutes home. <laughs> like doing the most for like such minimal for reward. For minimal effort. Yes, exactly. Like I refuse to walk home. So I'm going to break the law and drive there uh, <laughs> with my secret car that I hid in the bushes. So he finally admits like okay i lied i i had my car there and i did get off the bus and i did see ben and so he thank god was able to admit this and thank god for mitchell breaking the law for his own uh convenience because when he got into his car on top of the hill apparently uh he saw a vehicle back into a ditch turn and then speed past him toward a gravel road oh and almost subconsciously he remembered that ben was no longer in sight mm. it was sort of like he was telling this to the police and he's like well come to think of it oh. ben wasn't there anymore like ben wasn't walking like he usually would be so oh okay it, it, basically the point is this car had presumably taken ben and driven off sure luckily Mitchell, the hero of the day, was really into trucks, and he had noticed a lot of crucial details about the vehicle he had seen in front of him that was speeding away. Oh, wow. Okay. So he said the car was an old, beat-up, white Nissan pickup truck with no hubcaps. 
He said the back left fender was rusty and there were dents all over the truck, most notably on the rear passenger side. Okay. But the description was so detailed that police were skeptical because they were like, why would you, why would a 15 year old boy recognize all this? It's like, uh, I'm literally breaking the law so I can drive my car for 10 (laughs) minutes, like every day. Clearly I'd like cars, leave me alone. That's a great point. Like we've established how I feel about cars and it's very good. And also like you would, I was about to say like, wow, something if God forbid, but if something were to happen to me or someone I love, I would hope that like a car expert is the one who clocks the car. Yes. But then of course now the fucking police are like, oh well that's too good it's a of a too job. Too convenient that you uh-huh. notice this. Yeah. So it's so detailed. The police are a little bit skeptical, but then they talk to more neighbors who are like, oh wait, no, I saw that exact same truck with no hub- hubcaps and so they they realized you know what mitchell's probably telling the truth and has seen this car oh, so for mitchell i know through it. <laughs> honestly mitchell and it, it's not over because mitchell goes through it a little more too and oh, i will God. say he was interviewed in the um 2020 episode i watched about this and it's just like he's like well i like this I saw this truck like he did this like <laughs> poor teenage boy who's just like trying to do his best and everyone's oh. like ragging on him. Jeez. He's like, I really like cars. It's just very <laughs> sweet. Anyway. So within 24 hours of Ben's disappearance, police now were pretty convinced this is an abduction case. So they issue an official Amber Alert, which at this time was actually relatively new. The Amber mm. Alerts were like pretty new on the scene. Uh, The system had been in the works technically since 1996, but the Federal Communications Commission had officially endorsed its use in 2002, and then Missouri didn't even adopt the system until 2003. So that was four years before the subduction. So it's a relatively new concept at this point. Um, And the Amber Alert that they issued said the following. Ben is 4 feet 10 inches tall and weighs around 100 pounds. He was last seen wearing a red St. Louis Ram sweatshirt with a hood, blue jeans, and carrying his black backpack. Ben has brown hair, blue eyes, and wears glasses. William Ben Ownby is 13 years old and Caucasian. Police ask if anyone finds a black backpack anywhere on the side of the road. Please call them or the FBI immediately. Mm. Can you imagine? I mean, no. this is just off. <laughs> no. Well, first of all, no. But <laughs> can you imagine you're like walking down the street and you're like, oh, someone dropped their backpack and you go home and then you see this Amber Alert and you're like, oh, wait, now shit. I have to call the FBI. <laughs> you know? Oh, my God. Very, very scary. Um, so the FBI did join the Franklin County Sheriff's Department on this investigation and the State Highway Patrol basically kicked it into gear. They set up roadblocks. They searched vehicles. They tried to catch anybody who might be leaving the area who might have been in their custody. So dozens of volunteers organized to search as well. And the FBI held a press conference to address the media and alert people to look out for signs of Ben. Uh, And on top of that, the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children also got involved. But things were looking bleak because no matter how many cars they searched, no matter how many um, people they stopped, they were not able to find any signs of Ben. Mm. Investigators became concerned that Ben's abduction might be linked to another abduction that had happened about four and a half years previously. Oh, okay. I know. And there were enough red flags here to kind of make them wary that this could be related. So back in 2002, which again, four and a half years earlier, 11-year-old Sean Hornbeck had been abducted while riding his bike on a back road. Okay. 
Police noted that both boys were about the same height and weight. Both had brown hair. They were similar in age. They looked young, like they looked like little boys. Mm. Uh, And they were both wearing jeans and sporty T-shirts when they were kidnapped. Um, And like I said, they were also very close by, uh, geographically speaking. And so this immediately set up like red flags and uh, the police realized this seems way too similar for comfort. Um, And that was not good news because at this point, Sean had been missing over four years later and had been presumed dead. Yeah, had never come back. Had never come back. So, you know, the the thought is, well, this this, guy's not coming back. This can't be good. Yeah. If this is the same perpetrator then it's probably not a good sign um, because at this point sean was presumed dead so after a few days with no new leads and no sign of this truck mitchell had seen people's hopes started to falter the police basically all they could do was keep an eye out for the truck and hope for the best Um, but sean so sean's parents so sean was the one who had gone missing in 2002 at age 11 and sean's parents actually held a vigil for sean every year to try to keep the case you know somewhat alive and in the minds of people who lived locally Uh, they refused to let his story fade in case they got a hold of any new information to solve the case and they had founded something called the sean hornbeck foundation in his name to help other families uh, find their own abducted children oh okay wow so sean's parents were essentially the only ones left who still had hope that they might find him someday or they um, might also have leads because they i'm sure they studied whatever everything they could in the last four years right yeah so uh wait what do you mean leads for for which for i what? mean just to give advice to this new oh, family this new who's family. lost their exactly. son they might at least have uh, they might remember something that no one else is remembering or right perhaps like especially if the, the two cases are related so At this point, things did not look good for Sean and for Ben, especially if this was the same perpetrator. Um, Meanwhile, this is where Mitchell gets kind of thrown under the bus. Uh, Some people start suggesting perhaps Mitchell had something to do with it. Oh. Uh, He was facing some really, really ugly accusations. Um, But again, like I kind of said already, he genuinely had nothing to do with this. He just was trying to be helpful. So this is not me giving everyone the runaround. He he genuinely just liked trucks. So that okay. was his only that he was just trying to help. What a shame that all he had was an interest. And like I that's know. He's was wrong place, the fatal wrong flaw. Time. Yep. Fatal flaw. So investigators backed up Mitchell's innocence. They even had him do a polygraph test, uh, which he passed with flying colors just so they could release to the public. Like, hey, this kid passed a polygraph with flying colors. It's not him. Like they were just trying to save, protect him, protect him from from the public. So on January 11th, Ben had now been missing for three days. And, uh, you know, that show, 48 Hours, as you most people know, or at least probably most people listening to the show know, uh, if you don't find, you know, uh, the child within 48 hours, it's often uh, a bad sign because mm-hmm. many successful recovery cases of missing children happen within those 48 hours. And after this point, uh hope kind of tanks like your your chance of a good outcome essentially kind of tanks at this point meanwhile police in kirkwood missouri which was less than 50 miles away from beaufort slash beaufort were (laughs) at an apartment complex serving an arrest warrant to a resident in an unrelated case and 
while they were in the complex parking lot, they noticed this old, beat-up, white Nissan pickup truck with no hubcaps. Hmm. Uh, at this point, thankfully, every officer in the area and many civilians as well were on the lookout for this exact truck because they had to release this information to the public. And so as police are observing the truck, other residents kind of come up to the police and say, hey, we've actually noticed this truck too and we've considered calling it in. But they hesitated because, I mean, as you can imagine, you see your neighbor's truck and you're like, if I call the police, am I just going to like make an enemy out of my neighbor for no reason? Like maybe it's not them. Maybe I'm seeing things. I'm second guessing myself. Um, you know, especially when it's like call the FBI if you notice anything. It's like that's yeah. a big ask. And so, you know, just another PSA here. If you see something, say something. Yep. Worst that happens is your neighbor's like, what the hell? You thought I kidnapped someone? But yeah. You know what? It'll Better be awkward. Sorry. But whatever. Yeah, it'll be awkward. Exactly. That's the worst. So. They're looking, police are looking at this truck and a couple residents come over and they're like, hey, we've actually noticed this too. And we wanted to let you know, like, we've thought about calling this in, but, we, you know, we've hesitated for whatever reason. Um, a resident then tells police, hey, I know who that truck belongs to. It belongs to my neighbor, Michael Devlin, who lived in a first floor apartment nearby with his teenage son. Hmm. So 41-year-old Michael Devlin was sort of a recluse, but neighbors were pretty comfortably familiar with him uh he lived there like i said alone with his son um they were known to like i don't know be be pretty keep to themselves but uh sometimes they would like pitch a tent and have a little camp out behind the building for fun okay um his son had actually uh recently had a bicycle stolen and had wanted to report it to police and so went and reported it missing um, unfortunately, police, when they were reporting this bike missing, uh, didn't realize that the teenage son of Michael that they were talking to was actually the teenage Sean Hornbeck, <gasps> who had gone <gasps> missing four and a half what? years earlier. Well, that's a very plot convenient, twist. convenient thing to stumble across. Plot twist. Well, uh -huh. they didn't know. They didn't. Yeah. They, they had no I know, idea. but like, what are the odds yeah. of what? Like uh, they, well, they had no idea, but it's just I mean I I think I need to hear more about this plot twist before I s decide how psyched I am about this. Hang oh, on. I see, I see. Well, the, I'm just saying that. Sorry, I think I maybe phrased that wrong. The neighbor had gone into police to report a bicycle missing in the past, um, as and and had introduced himself as Sean Devlin, as Michael Devlin's son. Ah, okay, got it, got it, got it, got it. At the time, police had no idea that this kid was actually not sean devlin it was sean hornbeck and so now this we're fast forwarding um police were like oh yeah we've spoken to that kid before they didn't even realize that that was who that kid was um because michael devlin had been playing this off like oh this is my son uh sean this so totally wild different person so michael uh he worked at a nearby pizza shop as well as a funeral home and police knew Michael because the pizza place was just around the corner from the police station. And Michael was on friendly terms with the police officers. Hmm. Uh, they would sometimes hang out and he would talk and joke with them in public and serve them pizza. Uh, but at home, he rarely interacted with his neighbors. Um, he's He'd called the police once on someone to settle a parking dispute, but that's about it. He really didn't have any history with the cops, any sort of criminal background. Um, but the... 
the police officers at this point, they call in the truck and it matched the description Mitchell had given uh, dent for dent, so to speak. Like everything <laughs> Mitchell had described was exactly spot on to this truck. So they tried to question Michael outside of his apartment, but he refused to talk and just went inside and said, like, leave me alone. The next day, two, F- two FBI agents went to the pizzeria on this same lead. And one said, Michael glanced up once and then he didn't look at all. That's my first clue. My spidey senses were up almost immediately. Ooh, okay. <laughs> and she was interviewed in this 2020 special too and was like, I can tell when someone's lying. And she said he just wouldn't look her in the eye. And she's like, something yeah. was up with this dude. Problematic. <laughs> Problematic. And so they asked Michael if they could search his truck and he agreed. And while one officer searched the truck, it started to rain. So the same woman, she uh, offered michael to sit inside her car inside an unmarked vehicle for for coverage from the rain and he agreed and they just started chatting and she said she just kind of roundabout was talking and trying to get any information out of him but as casually as possible so as not to make it sound like an interrogation and all of a sudden he said i'm a bad person Oh, that'll do it. And during this freaking conversation in the rain, he ended up confessing to Ben's abduction, the most recent abduction. And he told investigators that even in that moment, Ben was inside his apartment alive and well. Interesting. Did he, did he, maybe you already said this, but did he... sense that she was on to him and that's why he admitted it or was he just like eager to share that he was a bad person because he knew why they were searching the car like he knew that he was under suspicion for this um for the abduction of ben so i think the guilt was eating at him yeah or he didn't know how to talk his way out of it something like that yeah probably the guilt considering he said i'm a bad person yeah and then incredibly Michael said, oh, but it's not just Ben. I also abducted another boy four (gasps) years ago. Oh, shit. Sean Hornbeck. And so now police were like, okay, we're right. These two are connected. These cases are connected. Mm -hmm. But to everyone's shock, uh, this guy is saying they're still alive and they're in my apartment. So in no time, investigators obtained warrants and entered Michael's apartment. Uh, the conditions were very horrendous. Um, there was trash and cat feces all over the floor. Oh, God. The place smelled of rot, waste, and garbage. And right in the middle, smack dab in the middle of all of this mess, Ben and Sean are playing video games on the couch. <sighs> wow. We never get a story where it ends I know. like this. I know. Oh my God. I was not expecting that to be how this goes. Okay. Thank the Lord. So the first thing Ben says is, are you going to take me home? And just so, so sad. Both boys were immediately taken to the hospital where they were declared perfectly healthy. Uh, Thank God. Police contacted Sean's parents who were driving in the rain and they pulled over. I mean, this it's all the same rain. I'm just thinking like it was the same rain where he had to sit inside the car yeah. and then he spilled his guts about the abduction and his now 
Sean's parents are driving in the same storm and get the call. Uh, it's just very poignant. Um, but so they, their kid has been missing four and a half years and everybody's told them he's presumed dead. And now they get this call and they're like, we found Sean. I mean, but he's just playing video games he's and he's a okay video games right now. He's a okay. At least physically speaking. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. What was the story that he was told about why he was there for four years? Oh, uh, you'll see. You'll okay. see. Okay. Sean's mother, when she got this call about Sean, said, I feel like I'm in a dream, only this time it's a good dream. It's not my nightmare that I've lived for four years. Wow. So f- very rare happy ending for one of these kind of stories. Uh, when <laughs> This is very sweet. When Ben got home, he went straight to his computer and booted it up and played Neopets slash Club Penguin or whatever whatever he <laughs> has been. back he's to like, life. He's like, man, my Neopet's so hungry. My meerkat oh. is so hungry. He just wants I wonder, a snack. I wonder if he, uh, it sounds like he was mentally all right. I wonder if it was, maybe he was just told since not a lot of time had passed in his mind, like, oh, you're just here with me for the weekend or something. Um, well, he was 13. He wasn't like... Uh, young enough to be fooled i think so i don't think um i don't think either of them thought like oh i'm supposed to be here <laughs> right okay yeah sense. that's fair if that makes sense. that's fair so pretty immediately sean the older kid who had been abducted younger than ben he was 11 when he was abducted but now he's 15 uh he starts getting put through the ringer so it's it's pretty sad um people kind of wanted to know well you've been gone for four years what have you been doing which is like it's like I was 11. What do you mean what Trying I was doing? Trying to survive, I guess, but okay. Yeah. Um, as the story came together, police learned that Sean seemed to have had a lot of freedom while living in this house. Uh, he was allowed to leave the apartment unsupervised. He even had like a friend next door and they had sleepovers together. Mm. Um, he even had a girlfriend he saw regularly. He had a cell phone. He had internet access on Michael's computer. And so people wow. were like, well, why didn't he try to escape? And he had an answer because when it turned out that Sean had ridden along in the truck on Ben's abduction, people were furious and felt like Sean was an accessory to oh. Ben's kidnapping and were basically putting him on the spot to be like, why you know, did you do something? Yeah. Not only did you not escape when you had free reign of the internet, but you also quote unquote helped or you were, there when ben was abducted you were yeah somehow contributing to this they, without they yeah. felt like he was yeah cons- uh, a conspirator uh, mm. for that abduction what's worse is people started suggesting that sean didn't escape because he simply didn't want to Whoa. Uh, people were saying you know he didn't have to go to school while he was living with this uh with michael people felt like maybe he was having fun he had a girlfriend and he was playing video games and had friends and they were like well that that must be why he didn't run away he wanted to be there um this was all extremely painful of an accusation because it couldn't be further from the truth and like i said he had a actually a very solid explanation for why he was still there So during interrogations, um, Michael, the kidnapper, admitted that he had originally planned to kill Sean pretty soon after abducting him. For an entire month after the abduction, Michael kept Sean tied up to furniture in his apartment with duct tape over his mouth. And so whenever Michael would go to work, and he he worked those two jobs, whenever he would go to work, he would leave Sean tied up 
with duct tape over his mouth for hours and hours on end. And again, this kid was 11. Uh, (sighs) And so during this time, while he was tied up in this guy's apartment, Michael abused Sean sexually, physically, verbal, every, every way, every sense of the word uh, he abused uh, Sean. And in the, he's interviewed alongside his parents in the 2020 special and, you know, this this is years ago now, so I'm not sure what the updates are as far as this aspect of the story. But he says, you know, I'm not ready to tell my parents that side of the story. And it just sure. was very sweet because his parents were like, you know, we're here whenever. We're not going to push him to tell us what happened. But if he ever feels like he wants to tell us, he can tell us. Um, but it seems like a lot happened that he was not comfortable to share publicly or with his parents at that point. Sure. But we do know both boys were sexually abused uh, by by Michael. So finally, after endless weeks of this uh, just being tied up and abused, uh, Michael decided to kill Sean and began to strangle him with his hands. Sean managed to break Michael's grip, and he promised Michael that if he let him live, Sean would never try to escape or tell anyone what Michael did. Gotcha. And so Michael decided he was going to trust Sean and uh, he let him live. And again, this kid is 11 and he's making these like deals like I'll never tell if you let me survive this. And so slowly over the years, uh, Michael gave Sean more and more freedom. Uh, It wasn't really freedom, you know, I mean, it was like on the surface, maybe. Uh, But like I said, Sean had promised Michael that uh, he would never tell anyone and he would never try to run away. So Michael convinced Sean that if he did try to run away, he would find him and kill him and murder his whole family. Oh, my God. And this again, I feel like I just need to sound like a broken record. But this kid's 11 and you're saying I'm going to murder your whole family if you try to run away. Yeah, that's, you know, one way to keep somebody to doing what you want them to do. So the the accusation that he wanted to be there. And I mean, it's just pretty sick. For four years, uh, Sean was abused, manipulated and programmed by Michael to believe that he truly only had two choices, which were stay with Michael under this roof or die and have your whole family potentially killed. Yeah. So a neighbor who lived above Michael Devlin said that he often heard the sounds of crying and screaming in the apartment below him, but for whatever reason, never reported it to the police. Um, There's just no way to really, uh, you know, properly, I'm trying to think of the right word, quantify, I guess, how much torment Michael put Sean through. Um, mm-hmm. You know, from age 11, like basically through his formative years till he was 15. Super formative, yeah. Just, just tortured and traumatized this child. Um, and so people who judged him and said, you know, I'm sure he just wanted to be there. He didn't want to go to school. It's like, I can't. How I could just... you imagine, you know, what it was like to be in this position? And I can't imagine the position of now leaving that world and now just having to live a, a normal life normal while life. while probably at the same time like you first of all you can't live a normal life because of all the trauma but also you probably can't live a normal life because you've been stunted from like like four years of like school and all that right like i mean so did he get to go to school he did and he actually caught up and oh, like aced okay. all his classes like they oh had, shit okay yeah they talked about it in the special he just like kicked ass like he went back to school and just nailed it <laughs> like oh he, okay phew okay well that's one thing that we don't have to worry about i guess but yeah but the one and and to be honest like i was so impressed with how just put together and like 
eloquent and just gentle he seemed like he just seemed Aww. so grown up and mature and that could have gone a really different way i know if- and and i don't i don't say that to say like oh think you know wow i would have expected him to be you know this that or the other but i would not have blamed him for any way yeah. that he behaved so to see somebody who's much more eloquent than i ever was at 15 and much more put together and grown up and mature i was just very impressed and uh so noted you know, he cool. apparently got out of there and, and kicked ass so All right. i was at least happy to hear that um but yeah so he you know he told a cbs interviewer in 2008 there wasn't a day when i didn't think he was just gonna kill me i'm not gonna lie there were times when it seemed like i was better off dead and even in the 2020 special he said like when he was originally locked up like you know tied up and and kept away from the outside world he would think it was uh like july and then it would be snowing out or vice versa like he was just lost all yeah lost all track of time and normalcy and i mean just every layer of like torment you could probably go through uh this kid was going through interestingly he had uh, he, he, he had actually lost hope. He said that he would ever be saved. Like he just lived a life now where he was like, Oh, I'm just, this is just, I mean, it, duh. It for like, me. I'm never I, seeing like, my family again. Yeah. Years and years of wait. Yeah. I mean, there's all you can do is, I don't know. I would have given up too. I would yeah. have just thought like, Oh, well this is, this is how it is. This now. is, I'm just resigning myself to this. He did, however, once try to get a message out to his family, which, didn't happen the way he tried well i'll tell you what he did so he his parents actually ran a website to post updates about the case and sean once sort of googled himself or found this website and he once commented on it from michael's desktop computer which my heart is racing just thinking about that moment where you're like like what if it he could walks be, in? What if like? What if he just like looks through the history looks or something? Through the history of the computer. And I didn't, what if I Ooh. don't know if I'm erasing it right? Oh Ooh. god! Like the fear must be so real. And he commented on one of the four on the website, and he wrote, "How long will you be looking for your son?" Oh, trying to just get any hope that they were still looking for him, which is just god. the most heartbreaking thing. And he signed the comment, Sean Devlin. so he did that but uh sean's parents just thought it was like a troll like yeah fucking fucking with them or just some rando named sean devlin and they thought maybe this person was using their son's first name to just be cruel or cruel exactly um but sean was just basically seeking any sort of reassurance that they wouldn't stop searching for him so it's very jarring to see that comment and be like, oh, my God, that was him writing that, you know, um, mm. ooh, just very chilling. So, you know, Sean never gave up despite thinking he was never going to see his family again. He survived this ordeal. Uh, he made it home. Um, he and his parents were interviewed on 2020 and they seemed close and, you know, just so happy that they were reunited. And uh, you can read online, speaking of forums, some of the comments from when they were found in real time, because this was like during the era of the internet and forums and that kind of thing. And so you can read comments from that day. Uh, Oh, that's so freaky. It's it's weird. Right. So here's one person reacting in real time to, to this case in particular, the user's name was mama cakes and it was posted on a cake baking forum 
January 12th, 2007. And here's the comment. I know this is not cake related, but I have to share. I am from Franklin County, Union, Missouri. We had two boys missing in this area. I am on my knees thanking God for this miracle. They found them both. Oh, so it's just cool to be able to go back and see like people in real time saying, oh, my God, guess what just happened? And yeah, updating, you know, comments on things. It is just, I don't know, an interesting little throwback. It's, it's weird to be able to see like a moment frozen in time. Yes. Of, like, oh. Yes, exactly. Precisely. So news outlets began calling this the Missouri Miracle. Uh, and they that's still pretty much what it's called. Um, wow. This case, the Missouri Miracle. Michael Devlin was sentenced for multiple convictions, including abducting with a deadly weapon when it came out that he took Sean at gunpoint. Mm. Uh, he also had child pornography on his computer at home. And today he is serving literally several thousand years worth of life <gasps> sentences. Wow. Yeah. Wow. And he won't be eligible for parole until he's over 100 years old. Uh, he was once attacked in prison by another inmate. Um, I mean, I think we've all heard from Law and Order mm -hmm. SVU what happens when you harm children and yep. then go away to prison. Uh, people aren't happy about that. And he is still in the same state prison. Meanwhile, Sean and Ben have continued on in their lives. They are thankfully safe, home with their families. And in a 2013 interview, Sean said that whenever he hears stories of missing children being found, it actually doesn't trigger traumatic memories. Instead, oh. he remembers the day that FBI investigators found him and finally brought him home. This is like oh. the most well-adjusted teenager on yeah. any level, despite being abducted and not, or not. Like, I'm just shocked at how well-adjusted this, this I feel like is. it's just expected that, like, you're, you're allowed to need a minute and like exactly Be react like, to things yeah yeah exactly wow. i was just so impressed how like um strong this kid is you know so as far as we know now ben and sean both still live in missouri they're grown up with families of their own and wow. uh for once we have you know a happy ending to a pretty traumatic story so that is wow. the story of ben and sean's abductions all right. Well, that's the end of the entire podcast. We'll yeah, just end. We end on a high. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my gosh. Wow. Oh, know, my it's, gosh. It's rare, but here we are. Well, thank you for a happy ending, finally. You're I so just, welcome. Very, uh, very rare. Very rare on this mm -hmm. show. Wow. All and right. I hope, I hope Mitchell's doing okay. Yeah, I hope I hope all three of them are doing okay. But Mitchell <laughs> certainly also deserves, like, <laughs> a high five. Mitchell deserves a little shout out. Yeah. Um, wow. And what they're called the Missouri Miracle? Yep. Cool. I know. Cool. I'm so happy for them. Um, sorry if I pronounced Beaufort or Beaufort wrong, folks. Uh, I do apologize. It's okay. It's one of those, it was just one of those names. Do you, what, do you have a names. name in Ohio that's kind of wild? Well, we got Versailles uh, in Kentucky. Um, oh, yeah. There's so many. Well, there's like, if you think about Des Moines and then there's Des mm -hmm. Plaines. And it's like, well... Yeah. What are you doing? Like, commit to one or the other. It's not Des Plaines. It's Des Plaines, but Des Moines. Anyway. Yeah. Oh, well, there's... I, Neither it's... of those are Ohio, but just makes me think. <laughs> Good to know those two really do come very quickly to your brain, it though. It really like... irritates me because I'm like, you have to think about which one is pronounced Des and which one is pronounced Duh. I thought about you recently because I saw a TikTok. Someone was complaining about someone's wedding invitation because it was in papyrus. Oh, well, I would have. That was probably me. I'm sorry. <laughs> I didn't know someone was filming. <laughs> you just shifted into another form and just took it upon yourself to oh, make an opinion. Boy, Especially oh, the, the video started with like the actual person with the wedding invite being like, 
like you can't tell me this isn't like the the prettiest invitation you've ever seen and then someone stitched it being like that is the worst it thing i've ever seen <laughs> <laughs> oh anyway well thank you for uh the education today christine you're so welcome emothy i can't wait to do a quick little after chat with you too I know, and I'm sorry you feel icky, so we don't have to be on for too long. If oh, that's... that's okay. Our patrons know I don't have to be, you know, in it's character. Un- unscripted over <laughs> unscripted, there. Unscripted, right. As, Christine... as scripted as this show is, you know. <laughs> but it's Christine After Hours is a, a whole other site. Christine so. on NyQuil. Here we go. <laughs> All right. And that's why we drink. <laughs>